Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys ever think about dying? Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy! Seriously? It's showtime. Greta gang, fries up. It's time to talk Barbie. If you haven't listened to our Barbenheimer episode, we talked about the crazy weekend that it was. What a weekend it was. So check out that episode if you haven't already. We're here to dig into Barbie, get some spoiler talk, and review this movie. I'm Kent. Hosting guiding you we're joined by co-host brian and friend of the show again miss claudia castillo what's up claudia what's up guys thanks for having me very excited for this brian gotta get your barbie takes i've been waiting all weekend for brian's hot takes on barbie not a big fan of women in general um as you know so this was a this was a tough one for me no this was i'm greta's I feel like we are the official male podcast of Greta Gerwig. Happy to to uh, have been early adopters. Um, been looking forward to this greatly. I I've I know I've told this story on the air before, but but uh, we get new listeners every single day. So why not why not do it again? We love Lady Bird, all of us, big fans. Thought man, Greta, she is doing. She's going to do big things. We're we're pumped for this. Um, and then when it was announced that Little Women was her her next movie, I was bummed. She's like, really? I'm not not that Little Women is like about we know property why. or that it doesn't deserve to be made or that that women shouldn't be on film, which is something that Kent says a lot. But um, not me. It, you I, you I told me that, you texted me and said if it was Little Men, I'd be in. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should throw Richard under the bus since he's not here. Um, oh, yeah, Richard was just like, I just, you know, Very there's anti. no reason the whole, for there the to whole, be. I, the whole concept, yeah. Richard. The entire said. idea yeah. of, of yes. a movie that, that features five women. Are you five? Um, that was, that was ri- not mine, to be clear. That was Richard's opinion. Richard's no, like, actually was... not here in protest because <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I know. I know. We can say whatever we want about him. He there's <laughs> and he'll never listen either. So it's, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, like I was I was bummed when she when it was announced that that's what she was going to do because it just felt like really okay. Like you know, you're the artist. You do what you want. But like I, I feel like man, I was after Lady Bird. I was really excited about what was going to come next. And then we're just gonna we're gonna gonna kind of do redo Little Women. Okay, and then I'm sitting in Little Women, and Richard had Crying. already seen it. <laughs> right. And about 30 minutes into the movie, I texted him and I was like, Am I watching the best movie of the year? And he was like, Yeah, it is. And by the way, 2019 was a banger year for movies. So um, that's really high praise. And I'm at the point that that is when I reached the point where I was like, Whatever she's going to do, I'm in. It doesn't matter. I'm never going to question again. Or be you know a little bummed out. This is what she's she wants to spend her time on. So when we get the news that she's doing Barbie, it's like an immediate. Not only am I excited about Greta um, and whatever she wants to do, it's it's also the holy cow! Like I just saw what she did with Little Women. 
what is she going to do with Barbie? You know, and it's by the way, it's the same with Chronicles of Narnia, which she's apparently going to do for Netflix, too. It's just like, OK, yeah, absolutely. Like I I'm I in on that her. after I seeing Barbie. Voice. Yeah. I love her vision. I'm so excited about whatever she wants to do. This was an absolute blast. And and uh, I think we talked a little bit in that in that little kind of preview up the Barbenheimer episode. Um, this has major legs moving forward. And it's just cool that people are excited about this. And and it's been kind of cool too also like to see how her career has built through these three movies from going from Lady Bird, which made about $80 million to um, Little Women, which was, I think, kind of a surprise hit at, you know, 200 plus million dollars worldwide. And then this movie that is going to top out at, I don't know, $700 million, something like that. I mean, it's this is so cool, man. And it's, and it's great time at the movies. Claudia, were you a Greta fan before this? Oh, absolutely. I think for all the reasons that you guys have already talked about, not only in this episode, but in previous episodes, I think she's amazing. And I think she just brings a unique voice to movies um, and, you know, female directors in general. I don't think there's enough of them that have a voice Mm -hmm. that are able to have carte blanche, which she's kind of earned at this point. And I think it, you know, I went in going to see Barbie, really not knowing anything about it. Like they were keeping everything pretty hush hush. And I know we're going to get into it, but you know, obviously we're familiar with what the doll is and that's pretty much all I needed because I knew that her name was attached to it. And then Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. Right. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's an interesting thing because we did, we saw Lady Bird, we reviewed it on the show. And I think all of us were like, there was just something about her language of cinema, her understanding of that from immediately, you know, it's not like she had to build up to this. She is so clear. She had the talent very early on but when the announcement was made that she was doing barbie i was so nervous just because i know how studios are with ip that's this valuable and they protect it they want to maximize money they don't like to take risks and the history with mattel and the barbie brand in movies with toy story is not great like they were so protective of Barbie's use in the movie, how Barbie was portrayed in the movie, whether that was reflective of their value, all that kind of stuff. It seems like the leadership of Mattel has grown up. So when I saw her attached, I was like, okay, this might be, she has passion for Barbie, but I expected this to be a standard studio movie, right? In terms of, oh, it's going to be about a Barbie doll. And that's the story. The fact that they let her do this blows my mind. This script seems like a spec script or something, right? Does the fact that this had studio cooperation behind it is unbelievable. Like if they let her run with disparaging Barbie, the brand in a good way for a reason in the movie, right? And calling out the studio for decisions that they made. It was just a thing when Ryan Gosling said, when he first read the script, he thought, this is one of the best scripts I've ever read, but there's no way they'll ever make this movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they did invest in the creative instead of like yeah. the IP, right? If if this movie is written by almost honestly any other person, you know, pair of people, uh, Noah and Greta, of course, together wrote this, it would be so different. It would have bowed to the studio. They could have hired Louis Lettier to do, you know, any no-name director or director with a name to kind of 
just make sure that this thing comes out. It's going to make $100 million just because it's Barbie and everyone's going to take their kid. That kind of thing could have been so easy for the studio to do and say, let's just cash that check. The fact that they let Greta do this is truly amazing. And uh, without getting spoilery, like the whole satire of it all, I mean, the commentary. I was in a theater and there were a lot of families with kids. I don't know if you you guys had the same experience or what the, the audience was like, but- there were, it seemed like a you know a good amount of the audience didn't know what this was until they got in there. And once they realized what it was, you could tell their tone was like, okay, I'm kind of liking this, but this is not what I expected. And that's just an, an, an amazing aspect of this is that they took a huge risk and it paid off huge, right? I, I said before this, I think on the podcast, Brian, this movie's either going to be incredible or horrible. There's no in-between, I think, with Barbie. I didn't think it was going to be like, yeah, well, it's pretty good. It's okay. You know, I just thought this is going to be either be 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Either the tone doesn't land or the tone lands. And when we saw those reviews coming out, that it was just, you know, critics like the sub over 90%. I was like, okay, we know that this worked. And I just can't believe that we actually got this movie. Yeah, it's... um. As always, I worry what the what the lesson learned by Hollywood is going to be because I I I always feel like they're going to get it wrong or like partially wrong at least. But yes, I totally agree with you. I think the IP is important, Claudia. You kind of you mentioned that a little bit in the the Barbenheimer episode. This is a sixty plus year old IP, the biggest brand in the game in its industry for you know a long stretch at least. But I think the main deal is that they they <laughs> they hired somebody to who is an incredible writer director an incredible talent and then left her alone <laughs> like let her do what she's what she's hired to do which is kind of like a wow who would have ever thought that that would work kind of <laughs> kind of thing you know it's it's uh it's nice to we see, we hear so many stories about studio interference and we talk a lot about how sometimes. I know we're supposed to be on the side of the the artists all the time, but sometimes some of the artists that we see uh, making movies seem to be shocked that the people giving them eighty or hundred million dollars want to get a return on that eighty or hundred million dollars. Um, this is like I think a great example of just like you you did pick a good project, obviously, and then you hired somebody who has a real vision and is an incredible talent, and then you let them do their work, and then also in part of that, which I can't believe we're I mean, I can because th- th- this speaks to how much we love Greta and how much respect we have for her. We're not really even yet talking about Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, you know. So mm-hmm. it uh, those things help as well. It's just a really incredibly well put together movie. And you're right, can't like there's some. There was a part of me as I'm watching this is like, gosh, I kind of can't believe that they're just like letting her do this. Or when they had the scene of all the Mattel's CEOs and they were all dudes and Farrell's like, yeah, we had a woman work here at some point, you know, like that was like, wow, they're really going there with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Listen, uh, I have been that person in that room many times where like, you'll speak up. There's a scene in the movie and I don't remember if it's the same one, but where she pitches an idea and they're like, no, that's stupid. And then <laughs> the other guys agree, the other execs and they're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, he says it'll that. make money. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. That was the same scene. God, that was that was great. I also, yeah. you know, to piggyback off of what 
you kept and Brian were saying, you know, I don't, I obviously Greta deserves all of the accolades and then some, but I also don't want to discount Margot Robbie because she was the one who had been eyeing this project and this, the rights to Barbie Mm -hmm. if and when it was ever going to become a movie. And I think she purposefully sought out Greta Gerwig. So is that true? So I think, uh, yeah, I was listening to the daily from the New York times. And so, you know, I think, Aside from Babylon, Greta Gerwig, like Margo, her new movie, Barbie, <laughs> Margo Robbie featuring Margot Robbie. Like great track records, except for maybe Babylon as of late. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think she's. And I she was great in that. That wasn't on her. her. Yeah. 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 She picks, she picks good projects. That's interesting. She's, she was so great in this role. I think I've said on the show, like, I oddly think that that Harley Quinn role of hers is so great and is one of the more iconic characters that has been created i don't know lady gaga is probably going to try to outdo it here with with her version but she's amazing i mean she can do it all the the tarantino movies right she can do the i Tanya's, the kind of satirical comedies she can do the musicals with damien chazelle i mean what a versatile actress and her portrayal of barbie was so spot on given the fact that the rigidity of her performance purposeful I loved, and I thought the line from, I guess it was Helen Mirren doing the narration of uh, her being the stereotypical Barbie and them saying, note to filmmakers, right? If you cast Margot Robbie, this is not a great point. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was hilarious. Wow. Yeah. I thought everything about this movie was just so smart, but like equally silly yeah. and, you know, had a message, but like wasn't overtly political and like had musical nods and it was literally there was something for everybody in this movie and so i'm really curious just to hear what you guys enjoyed most about this knowing that you guys Mm -hmm. probably aren't the target audience but just as lovers of film you know i i'm curious just to see like what it was about this movie not not the director or the production, but like, what was it about this movie that you actually enjoyed? Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm a I'm a nerd when it comes to directing and how these things were made. I was absolutely mind blown at the production design, the yeah. Barbie Land itself. I've never seen anything like that on film before. I mean, Greta says, you know, heavily inspired by the Wizard of Oz and the sets of the Emerald City being this fake painting, right? And the yellow brick road, Munchkin land, all that stuff being a set. And the word she used, which I loved in kind of the interview process was there was something unapologetically artificial about that, that she liked. And she brought that here. Like it's supposed to look fake and tactile. Uh, These sunsets are supposed to look dumb. I, so I just loved the production design on the Barbie dream house. Every little detail of that was so thought out having their clothes in the Barbie thing, having the shower, not have any water, like all the little, little nuances of that yeah. were fantastic. And it was just such a fun place to be. It felt like a Truman show world this fantasy land, which, you know, you truly feel like you're in somewhere different rather than in, you know, a studio setting uh it was such a fantastical place that i loved and so that was what for me was that like the way it opened with that i mean the 2001 space odyssey opening i was like wow no 
not a lot of people are going to get this, but I am, <laughs> I'm all in from the start was, with the I monolith. I surprised it did that. I thought that that was going to be one of those things that it was, that was just for the trailer, not uh-huh. for the actual movie itself. And so, mm-hmm. but I, I thought it was fun. It was a blast. It was really. Can I also uh, say that I appreciated that that was like the entirety of the backstory. Like we don't need a backstory. Yes. Like, you know, yes, we don't 100%. need to have a backstory for everything all the time. And they were just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, girls got tired of playing with baby dolls. So there was a void and now they're playing with real dolls. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. every, yes, I, I, I totally with you, Chloe. I, I love when a, when a movie, when a studio director, whatever, when they're just like, hey, what if we didn't treat the audience like complete idiots and just assume that they know what a Barbie is, you know, and how this all, like, we don't. We need one minute of setup on this, not twenty minutes. And that was that was great. It was a smart choice. I th- yeah. So the beginning, starting with that, and then the whole first sequence in Barbie Land, the dance sequence was unbelievable. Basically, up until they go into the real world, I was like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, and then it sort of fell off for me once they go to the real world. It's still good, but I just craved. I was like, okay, get back to. I was just hoping they would get back to. Barbie land, which is Ken, Ken land when they come back, the which is a great. Yeah. Kingdom, yeah. Yeah. I was that, a little nervous that we were going to linger in the real world for too long. Um, because I did think that part of what made the movie so good was the world in which it was taking place, you know? Um, and I thought she, she pretty much thread that new, that needle. It was, or noodle if you prefer. Um, but the, I, I think it, it stayed in the real world just long enough and then got us back to where the movie, I think, really excels, uh, especially. Like, you're in that real world. You get a taste of it. The The interactions between between Robbie and Gosling in the real world are hilarious and uh, great stuff. And then, you you know, obviously, you get the introduction of the the, the human characters and whatnot. Um, but, but the quicker you can get back to Barbie Land and or the kingdom, I think, the better. And, and she she did that very well. The fact that there was this huge question for Greta going into this, like, are you going to address the fact that the Barbies don't have parts? You know, like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're gonna. And the, the way they did it in the movie moment. where, yeah, where Mar- Margo just flat out says it is <laughs> like, okay, there it is for you. <laughs> and I just love, love the uh, straightforwardness of that and not trying, trying to beat around the bush, as it were. But, I thought I mean, it was so great. Everything was just done so like there was a nod to every single detail that I remember about playing with Barbies growing up. The giant dog crapping the plastic things made that me laugh so hard. Toy. Yes, it made me laugh so hard because I remember that. I mean, weird Barbie being played by Kate McKinnon is sounds like a Mad About Movies bit. Like we could have not have made up. Okay, guess who plays Weird Barbie? Or Kate McKinnon's in the movie, but guess what her character is called? I guess it's probably the Weird Barbie, right? Somebody's real acting real weird. Yep, she nailed that. That's best best Kate McKinnon performance on screen, Brian. But that oh, was definitely I mean, something that like girls did. I remember sure. cutting my Barbie's hair, like all of those small details. I was just like. Wow, I really appreciate, and it just took me back to a time like I didn't remember some of these things, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I remember this. I remember playing with my Barbie. I remember cutting my Barbie's hair. I remember my younger cousin drawing on her face and me getting mad about it. It was just hysterical and just so great. Yes, that felt very 
real and organic um, to like, and, and adds to the world building that you're doing here in a really, not just organic, but like a really sweet way that makes sense. Um, and, and I, I, I'm sure for Claudia and for anyone else who did play with Barbie's Grown, that it was a, there was like an audible awe in my theater when she, when Kate McKinnon explained like who she, how she became weird Barbie, essentially. There was like, an, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I get that. And that was cool. I thought that that was a really sweet touch. And she's always in the like a little bit of fan service so without, <laughs> you know, at not the expense of the movie, which is great. That's what we want from fan service kind of things like that. Yeah. And I think the way that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, when they wrote this, straddled the line of like nostalgia without it seemingly seem like a Mattel commercial. To your point, you guys have. We're talking about that. I mean, I just thought it was beautifully done. I can't imagine any other writers or filmmaker that would have been able to do that the way that they mm-hmm. did. Right. To straddle that line so well between making fun of something, but also making a great point is so tough. I mean, to have like a, a comedy punchline that also resonates as like almost like a parable, you know, <laughs> like a life lesson is is not easy to do. And there was multiple instances of that throughout the movie. I thought the flat feet thing with Barbie, not only was it a great visual gag for the trailer, right? With her feet coming out of the shoes and staying upright. But the way they made that play into the story that when her feet went flat, that's when everything changed and she goes into the real world. I loved that, that they brought that into the story. Like, flat feet! Ah! That was a great, (laughs) was a great bit. And- the fact, you know, Ken sneaks away with her because he, he wants to be with her. I thought it was hilarious that he loved the real world and she hated it. I mean, that was so spot on. Yeah. Well, and his reasoning for it, man. Yeah. Amazing. Like Just bros being, guys being guys dudes, being man. Dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just listening to some match, Matchbox 20, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. In my Mojo da- Dojo Casa house. Yeah. Oh, I have been dying to say Mojo Dojo Casa House to someone <laughs> that would get it. <laughs> so I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. We I I said to my wife as we left the theater, I was like, um <laughs> like it's gonna be she's like, What did you think? And I was like, Well, I loved it, number one. And number two, we're gonna have to work really hard to not spend the whole <laughs> The whole review about a movie called Barbie, d- written and directed by Greta Gerwig, starring Margot Robbie, and and not spend the whole review talking about Ryan Gosling because he's so freaking good. He's so good in this and so funny. And I think for some people this was a revelation. I would say for those people they've not been paying attention to to the gauze for the last couple of decades. But you know we can forgive that and and uh, understand where you're coming from. Margot Robbie is perfect for her role. She is incredible. She, the obviously the entire package. She's incredible in this in this role. Gosling is just as good, if not better, I think. And I I mean that as a a credit to both of them, and not an insult to one, because he was killing me through the course of this. It was uh, Robbie doing a great job as the straight man, and his. His little, uh, you know, his facial expressions, his just to just off center camera movements with mm-hmm. his little, his uh, his his expressions and his 
Um, Talking about how his, his job is beach. Oh. Yeah, that killed me. Beach. So good, man. Not a lifeguard. Yes. What if yes. there's no. beach? <laughs> We're going to beach off. I thought that was a oh my God. great I bit mean, for the adults, too. File this so under good. your hot takes. And if I never come on this podcast again, let me just live with myself and say that I think Ryan Gosling could get a supporting nod for this role. Oh, he will. I think he's a lock. For I think he's a lock for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Margot got a nomination out of this too. I oh, think she's yeah. that good. The Absolutely. nuance of her performance is not lost on me. It might be lost on sure. some of the viewers, sure. but like that's not an easy thing to do to play a fantasy character in the real, the fish out of water things. I thought the scene with her going to the high school was one of the best scenes in the movie mm-hmm. with, with the girls just saying, you know, basically just fashion. chewing her out. She says, I don't own any railroads. Oh my gosh. That killed me. Killed Say what you want about fascism, Brian, but at least they had an ethos, right? Yeah, you're destroying women's self-worth. Like that whole that whole scene came together really well. Yeah. And the come come my lady, come come my lady bit oh was my gosh. so the perfect song for that <laughs> for the guys in the room. Yeah, I don't know if Mark Ronson was also the music producer and had a hand in picking the songs, but that was spot on, like you said, Kent. Exactly the campfire sequence with Matchbox 20, I mean, I mean, all-time movie scene right there. How many movies have we seen about guys serenading girls with their guitars? And just It was so comical. And the when fact he that starts it was singing that Matchbox it, yeah, he's like, 20, I said I don't know. You think it's this like... Real sentimental love song, and it's like, wait, is this push? <laughs> I sent it to Kent and Richard, Claudia. I don't know if you saw this, but Matchbox Twenty had a concert this weekend, and they dedicated that song to Gosling. That's stage, fantastic! Yeah. Oh my gosh, I need. That's to look pretty that American up. treasure of Rob Thomas, Thomas to, to, to allow yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. listen, whatever your stance Matchbox is on 20. the band, whatever. But like, yeah, I, yeah. I think Rob Thomas has. They ruled 1997. Sure. I mean, yeah. say what you will yeah. about them now. And he 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 said he allowed it because they weren't making fun of the song. Yeah, like the song is an integral part of. Okay, yeah, guys were really into this, but it's probably not a great thing that they were into this. <laughs> looking back, <laughs> and even Rob Thomas being able to admit that is pretty awesome. <laughs> Well, like listen, when you listen, actually listen to the lyrics, it's we not can great. all grow and change, you guys. Right, totally. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a common theme within this movie is, and and speaks to um, speaks to the genius of Greta and Noah in the writing of it. It's it's not an easy task to make to write something as funny as this is because this is a genuinely this is a genuine comedy, and we don't get very many comedies in in theaters anymore they all it seems like it's like well this will be on netflix and there's no other there's no way we can release a comedy in theaters this is a genuine comedy that is genuinely funny it's hard to do that especially when you're kind of when you're kind of poking fun at a lot of different sources and people but not to ever really make anybody i think the butt of the joke like it's all we're gonna like kind of lightly. We're gonna we're gonna make some little jokes here. We're gonna little little poking here. We're gonna jab at you here and there, but nothing is like mean spirited. Nothing is an aggressive joke, and I think that that makes for the. I think that just makes the movie much better. I think it's this could have been much more. It could have been a little heavier on its messaging for sure, and it could have been 
the positive message could have come at the expense of someone else. And instead, it really kind of comes out as like a very, just a positive experience all around. Like you have America Ferreira's monologue is great when she's talking about how hard it is to be uh, to be a woman and the standards that are set. Wait, um, Brian, for- I'm actually glad you brought that up. So yeah. whenever you finish, I do. No, that. sure. But like, but it, I, I think... One of the takeaways that I have from it, because it's a great monologue and there's great, that's not the only part of the movie that comments on that. Obviously, that's a that's a theme throughout. But there's nothing there. The it's hard to be a woman does not come at the expense of like how easy it is to be a man. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not you're not hammering that home. Which made the outcry, quote unquote, by like the Ben Shapiro's of the world, like really ridiculous, even more ridiculous. Like you could have expected those things, obviously, just because, you know. This who is would have ben thought Shapiro a, a Barbie movie was going to be pro women, right? I mean, who could have <laughs> yeah, exactly. seen that it's, coming? It's, that that's that's a better way to put it. Can't it's like it's very pro, and I but I don't think it's anti at on anything no, against they with gave anything. and so Ken yeah. a personality we knew nothing about him that's why those movies were just or the posters were like he's just ken we knew nothing about ken and now we understand ken and it's very pro like in the end too it's i mean it really gets to a place where it's very bros supporting bros which is like a very it's like hey (laughs) healthy masculinity wow what this is Mm crazy you know so anyway it made the uh it made the inevitable outcry by by that group um really look stupid and ridiculous um which is which yeah. is good i think we're all no. better when that when that group looks stupid you know what is funny about that too is like the people that were really offended or upset by this it's like you know that they were talking about you right <laughs> like this movie's about you that's why that's why you're so upset right. is what I, you, know. Right. you know not only did this movie add dimension to a Ken character in which we like was kind of a throwaway in like the doll world. But I think the theme on that, and you know, to your point about bro supporting bros, it was also like Barbie and the Barbies giving the Kens like the empowerment to like explore themselves at the end and then leave them to it. You know, like mm-hmm. not yeah. just like the idea of what they thought they were supposed to subscribe to and the patriarchy and then realizing they have no idea what the patriarchy means. Right. Right. So I think it was just like, hey, like we support you. We just want you to support us as well. And then, you know, Brian, like you said, the America for our monologue, I not only felt that in my bones and I feel like your mothers, your daughters, your sure. wives, sisters, everyone can attest to that. But, you know, going back to the Greta Gerwig element i think also the thread it just reminded me so much of florence Pugh's monologue in little women mm-hmm. yeah no great point yeah totally. totally yeah absolutely that's that was that was a great moment and there were like people cheering in the theater during that monologue i like, like it cried. hit every note yeah i did not crazy. expect yeah, to I go into the barbie up. movie yeah. crying <laughs> i expect to cry in every movie so it wasn't that much of a surprise but yeah i was choked up during that and and the end sequence when she's uh, with with Ruth, um, Ugh, you know, so good with real Perlman. finding out what life is like about and everything. It was also was, applause yeah. for real Perlman. Where has she been? <laughs> I know it was awesome. It was awesome. That was that was a cool reveal of the inventor of Barbie and and all mm-hmm. that. I liked I liked when that when that came back around. The the scene with the the Kins mansplaining 
slanted and enchanted from pavement and Photoshop <laughs> to the, like, that killed me too. I was like, oh, you got to get the lasso tool. You know, let me show you. That was, was, a, was a great bit. Man, Simu Liu in this was, was, great, was great too. Oh my gosh. It, it was, wasn't for Gosling. I'd be talking about him the most. I did see that at the Canada premiere. They did like hashtag Canada <laughs> because they're both Canadian. And I thought that was so great. <laughs> what do you think of Alan, Sarah? Gosh, I miss Michael Sarah. Um, I, I want some sort of revitalization there. Maybe he doesn't. It seems like he's pretty cool to just be like, that's fine. I can just hang out. That was so funny. He's the one that I'd be talking about if not for Gaz and and uh, Robbie. I, He's the perfect person. Like who who else could so you cast as that in that role? Like maybe Zach Woods or Gabe from The Office. Like there's very few people. I think yeah. maybe cousin Greg. Like I, there's very few people that bring that energy, and yeah. he is the master of it. One of my one of my friends posted a picture of her Allen doll from when she was a kid, and it is. Same and shirt. The costume is That's spot fantastic. on. Yeah. It's that so shirt is awesome. That yeah. people are that brings me to my next observation. Claudia, do you think this movie we've already kind of seen it, like that bar- Barbie core stuff with with hot pink becoming, you know, the Lisa Frank style <laughs> of stuff coming back. Do you think this movie's gonna I think it's gonna have a real impact on fashion? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we've already been seeing it as soon as the trailer came out for this i felt like i just started seeing a lot more pink i know even personally like i love wearing bright colors and i feel like just like it's kind of part of like even though this is 60 years old like the 90s lexicon where like neons and like bright colors are coming back and Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean we're living in a barbie world now guys and you're just going to be seeing a lot of pink i thought all of the costumes in the Barbie land itself were just great. All the different Barbie occupations, right. And all the different looks that they had were great. The Barbie mobile being a Chevrolet is basically a Chevy commercial in this. I mean, let's be honest, but it was funny how it had the old Chevy logo, but it had EV highlighted and even on the Barbie mobile. Cause I guess they're trying to <laughs> promote their That's EV synergy. vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get that, uh, you know, that money where you can to, to pay for this thing. It's interesting that they said that the budget for this was like 140, but the marketing budget was 150. Yeah, they. Were I don't can't remember a movie that had more money spent on the marketing than on the movie itself. I mean, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. Like I was in, va- I was on vacation last week and uh, staying with some friends and. You know they they see movies they they're but they're not con- as connected as we are but but she was like I see the Barbie I'm like she was borderline done with it she was like I need I need Barbie to chill out like I just I can't. yeah same yeah it's like a constant I mean you know it's like I I'm <laughs> I uh, would see it on ads you see it on uh, like banners on on you know website like Candy crushed changed all the the purple squares or the pink whatever to every brand trying to get in on the the meme of barbie oppenheimer this is my barbie this is my oppenheimer yeah Yeah. it was a lot yeah it was i mean it worked i i'm not sure that that's totally replicable like that's part of the here's the here's where i think hollywood may get the lesson wrong you know i'm not sure that that sort of um shotgun approach of just blanketing everything in Barbie pink is going to work for 
every movie, you know? So we'll see. But um, I think that this is, I think it helped. I definitely think it helped the bottom line. Everyone, it was market saturation. Everyone was very well aware of this movie and it was unavoidable. And I think that that worked out really well. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure it works for Hungry Hungry Hippos, the movie. You know, we'll see. But like, yeah, uh, it's. Well, it, you know, the next one of these is is apparently Saw Patrol. Saw well, and I mean, Paw Patrol are coming out the same week. day. We get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and Meg 2 both are coming out. We just got to figure yeah. out a, a cute title for the two of those those things. But uh, yeah, Saw Patrol will be. That's a funny one. That'll be fun. Yeah, but is it? I mean. Is anyone going to go actually see Paw Patrol? Yeah, that's the opposite. I mean, that's it's like, I don't want to see yeah. either of those movies, and I'm right. dying to see both of those, those movies. So. Yeah, and but both of those will probably be bad. We, it doesn't apply to us. You know, we don't think sure. about... I always yeah. forget about the number of parents and children <laughs> there are in this country. No, but we know if both of those movies crush, we'll know that this memification of movies is like a real thing. Like, if you can get your movie in a meme... Your movie's gonna crush, even if it's terrible. And this, yeah, if it's a replicable, if anything's replicable, we'll see it with Saw Patrol, right? Yeah. So, gosh, this this really hit all note all the notes for me. I just loved the the soundtrack as well. I think that's yeah. gonna that's gonna be a big player. The Kin song was incredible, like that. And that's another. That's part gonna of- win best song. It has to. Yeah, that, that's another area where it's like it makes it hard to. It's a real stretch to make this anti male when arguably the moment of the movie is kins and the kins and it's so great it's i would so have thought it would be billy eilish and phineas yeah. but then that song and i was like oh this song right. i think this I one's it too yeah it was it was an incredible i mean that's just gosh it was so funny so good so well done and uh yeah how did that soundtrack's gonna be a, a banger for sure. The one thing the marketing team did do there too, so, yeah. that I thought was really smart. Claudia, did you see the architectural digest of the Malibu Barbie I house? I sure did, Kent. I was going to say, that that was a genius idea. That like, That's going to cross over on the general audience because those videos already do super well. And it's immensely shareable for anyone that had a Barbie dream house growing up, which is a lot of people. I so, had I had the Barbie townhouse, and then I had like the A-frame dream house when I was growing up. I don't know who threw this out there, but they said somebody reported that like the Barbie dream house still sells one every twenty-five seconds. That's still incredible. That well, you know what's funny is that you know through all this talk, and you guys have talked about it, and in your previous episode as well about the IP, and just obviously this is based on something that's existed for a long time. But you know, Mattel, I feel like. The Barbie brand was struggling. It was on the yeah. struggle bus for a long time. And so yeah. I feel like, you know, as much as they, they, the like, studio wanted this to be a hit, like they needed this to be a hit and it paid off. Like their gamble were like paid off. And, then and, it, and it's like, gives them a chance to explain themselves because they got a lot of crap for, oh, you know, inclusivity or doing this inclusivity Barbie about- to represent this section of society. What are you doing? And it's like, once you see this, you you get it, right? Yeah, and that and also what, you know, exactly what the America Ferreira's teenage daughter's character talked about, about how, no, you stand for everything that, like, feminism isn't. And for them mm-hmm. to kind of, like, again, be able to spin this and, like, rebrand mm-hmm. the Barbie brand in a movie. I mean, Mattel gambled and 
wow. Like, I mean, because this could have sank them if it didn't go their way and if it just tanked at the box office. Yeah, it did do super well, but I will admit, I think it is a bit of a missed opportunity for younger girls because my my sister's got two daughters and the oldest one is I you know almost 10 and she's got a younger sister that's like six seven right and my sister was asking me like should they see it is it appropriate and I told her you know here's here's where you know kind of draws a line and I don't know if she's taken them yet so yeah uh, I feel like pushback I would give it that is like you know, Batman 89 was PG-13, and we, we've sort of established that IP properties are going to get turned into movies that are geared at wider audience, if it's possible for them to do that. And I thought they did, I thought this was... I thought this was actually a pretty... I, I'm with you, Kent. Like, this is not the Barbie movie that a six-year-old girl, five-year-old girl is, is going to mm. want to go see, most likely. It's definitely not what they're thinking when a fifth grade, when a, excuse me, when a five year old girl hears that the um, there's a Barbie movie, this is obviously this is not what they are thinking of. I did think that it, I thought they kind of went out of their way to make it ninety percent clean, so that if you are bringing a kid to or a, you know a young girl to the theater, you know if you want to be offended, anyone can be offended by anything. So whatever, that's just kind of our deal at this point as a society, but. I thought that I thought that the movie went out of its way to not be offensive. If there, is, like, hey, this is, maybe this movie is not made for five year old girls, but if there's a five year old girl here in the audience because she loves Barbie, it it's there's very little that's objectionable to a kid. There, Does that makes sense. There was a kid. Yeah, the sense. kid sitting next to me was like, it was a boy who was probably five. The mm-hmm. moment when the Barbie with the fake boobs came on. And they inflated. He was like, what? <laughs> he was like, couldn't believe what he was watching. He's like, looked at his grandma because it was like one of those, grandma's got the kids for the day. Let's take them all to the movies. But also, and a five-year-old doesn't know anything about boobs. You know? I know. But that I is mean, just, he's like, oh my God. This movie, me, I felt like you're, you, what you guys have said is, is absolutely correct. But also, I felt like it's one of those movies that has the jokes for the adults and like, has the pleasantries for the kids like the kids aren't going to get these jokes they're not going to be offended like you said brian like they don't get it but like they'll be entertained there were kids in my movie theater too and like for the most part like you know one of them i think yelled out something like what's that but like sure you know there was no like i want to leave or screaming or crying like i think everyone in that movie theater was entertained i mean the mic drop at the end where she goes you know Barbie is in the real world and says, I'm here to see my gynecologist <laughs> roll credits. I mean, <laughs> just flawless. That's kind of the perfect way to end it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great it was program. great. Start to finish. Like, I cannot complain. So, yeah, my favorite thing was the production design. Brian, what was your biggest takeaway? Gaz? Yeah, look, Gaz is my favorite actor. So, again, I, you know, I'm. I want to be careful of being like the best part of this movie about women empowerment is the guy, you know, but I really loved the guys. I was, I thought that that character was written so perfectly and he, he just, he did it perfectly. He did it. Like I said, I think a lot of people were like the guy from the notebook is funny and like, yeah, 
He is. He's incredible. So he was, was in the Mickey Mouse Club for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, yeah. it was really surprising to me. I look, I'll say, I rarely, I'm not big movie snob guy. I'm big movie nerd, obviously, but not big movie snob guy. And I rarely get surprised by the reaction of the general public on stuff. It was a little bit shocking to me how many people found out that the, that, that the guys is, who he is. So I was like, Oh, oh you oh, understand okay. Okay. after seeing this really stuff here yeah. that you, you understand why this guy was almost in the backstreet boys in the nineties. Right. Incredible. Like, ah, oh, this guy can sing and dance and, and has the look. It's kind of a, the scene with him at the dojo Casa house where Barbie comes back to kind of mend things with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Sorry, I was just reading. That whole sequence was just a masterclass from him. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. The way he played that was so was so perfect. Oh, Claudia, just, what was your favorite thing? Oh boy. I mean, I listen, I think the nostalgia of it just in general. I I went into this movie with zero expectations. I had no idea what it was about. And I I really have tried to approach going to the movie theater in general that way now. I don't seek out trailers, you know, aside from one that I might see in a movie theater. You know, for me, it was just the message overall of women's empowerment, I think just like how they hit on every note on, you know, they aren't necessarily pushing feminism, but they're just like, Hey guys, like it's complicated to be a woman. There's expectations, but limitations that are like placed on us. And like, we just want you to understand. And I think that message came across to everyone, men, women, children, whomever. Um, And then, but I mean, Ryan Gosling was an absolute yeah. highlight for me. And the music. I mean, like I said, I think this movie overall, I, I had zero expectation and it was just a flawless, what, two hours? Hour yes. 50? Under two hours. Flew oh by. my gosh. What a dream. What a dream. Yeah. Yes. Greatness. All right. Let's grade this one out. I'm going to grade it at an A plus because this is better than I could have ever expected a Barbie movie to be. Brian. Yeah, it's an A plus for me too. This is, I mean, we're in the bag for Greta at this point, but um, even with high expectation and with, um, I think actually a pretty high degree of difficulty, this delivered more than I could have expected it to deliver. And 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 to your point, Claudia, it's like I think it's kind of a masterclass in making your point, making it well, and not making it preachy. Like I. Like I can agree, I agree with every single thing that is in every theme, every idea that is in this, this movie and in this script. But even when you are in a hundred percent agreement, there can be a point where you're like, okay, like can we just? But is it a good movie? Right? Is right, it funny? Does right. It... Exactly. And so, I mean, what do we? What's the movie? Trumbo? Trumbo is always the one that I bring up. I'm like, just because it's an important story doesn't mean that it's a good movie. Yes. You know? and exactly. This was like, hey, here are some really important themes. We are not going to give away. We're not going to lose any of that. We're going to make sure that it all gets across. We're going to make sure that it gets across in um, a way that isn't preachy. And that is actually incredibly entertaining at the same time. And I think that that, that gives it more value and more certainly more Im- um, Im- influence and significance. So I loved that. I loved uh, all, all of this. I loved all of this. I thought it was a blast. What would you grade it at, Claudia? Uh, well, I would be a fool to not agree with you guys. I mean, I think for all the reasons that I just said, I think this movie was absolutely an A plus 
and I say that knowing that I I w- would want to see this movie again, when, yeah. maybe even in theaters and definitely when it's on streaming or cable. And, you know, just I want to at least end my thoughts with thank you to the podcast, to you both for allowing me to like lend my voice here. I know that, you know, I think that also speaks to you guys as as just people and humans to be able to invite a female to talk about this movie. So, um, you know, again, without sounding too preachy, I think it's very thoughtful of you guys. And I appreciate you and your audience for listening to me rant about this movie for however long we've been on. (laughs) That's so nice. You're the best. Not Uh, Richard though. He wouldn't, he would, he was not here for a reason. That's right. right. Exactly. One last thing I did want to ask you before we, we close this thing out. This is obviously going to have a sequel. Is, is there any way it could be better than this? No, to the point that I would just, I would, I know that this is how the industry works. I want Greta to make all the money and do whatever she wants. I would, I would actually say, but like, how about we don't, how about we don't do a sequel for a, like a really long time? What if we just let mm-hmm. it be? Because this is such a cool and well done self-contained story and, and, I like I said at the outset, I trust Greta to do whatever. So I'm sure she could come up with a way to make a really engaging, cool uh, sequel. Um, just from an artistic standpoint, I would say let's leave it, let's let it be because it, I, it would be almost impossible to top this, I think, within this world. But you know, I, yeah, I shout out to Noah and Greta for the like Wes Anderson reference on the travel sequences too. I loved how those were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those were done. Was really fun. was really fun too. All right, that's Barbie. This is Mad About Movies. Follow Claudia on X. <laughs> Claudia <laughs> underscore Castillo, I believe, is it? It's so uh, check her out there. Yeah, Claudia I Z E T on the social. Claudia I Z E T. Yeah. Claudia Izet. There you go. That's on Twitter. Um, all right, we'll be out of here. And uh, talking Oppenheimer in the VIP. So join us then. We'll see you next time at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.